One of my favorite nature stories is hiking the rainforests of the mountains of Montserrat, an island in the Caribbean, and trying to find a Montserrat Oriole, which is at the time was one of the rarest birds on the planet because a volcanic eruption on the island had almost wiped them all out. Montserrat is the only place in the world where this bird is found. And after hours of hiking, I spotted it. But I haven't been in an Amazon-type forest, lush, and the sound of wildness echoing all around. I've never experienced that. So I'm really jealous of people who've had that experience. It's on my bucket list. A few years ago, I had a photo and video assignment in a jungle-like landscape, though, that was almost a horror story. And it wasn't in the tropics. And I almost got lost. But that's a whole nother story. I'm Greg McLaughlin, and I'm a conservation filmmaker for the past 10 years. This is Mud and Bugs, a different kind of Canadian conservation podcast. This podcast isn't about the animals that I film or the people that I film. It's a behind-the-scenes story, one of getting to assignments and being on assignments, because not everything goes as planned. I know, because these are my true stories from the field. I remember this day really well. It was a beautiful, sunny day, blue sky, sandhill cranes calling. You could hear the sounds echoing across the fields. And I went down this country road, down this laneway, into a, what looked like a farm. The assignment was pretty straightforward. It was photography, video, and aerial work over this huge marshland that had just been acquired by a conservation organization. I arrive and immediately something looks wrong. Oh no! There's a chain link fence that's shut and nobody has a key. The biologist hops in her car and races back to the office to get a key. 30 minutes later she's back and we're back in business. And the gate is finally open. I get in there, I unload my canoe, and I take one look at the marsh. Oh, it's a jungle, all right. All I see is a wall of Phragmites. My heart is starting to beat. The assignment is also including capturing some animals in nature if I can see things. Except all I see is dense stands of Phragmites. If you don't know about invasive Phragmites, they are these huge tall grasses, eight or nine feet tall. They produce thousands and thousands of seeds on their seed heads and they form dense, dense clumps that choke out everything. 
and can suffocate wetlands and marshes and it's one of the worst invasive species we've ever encountered. And if you think you've never seen this, you have. Remember the last time you were driving on a highway? And on either side of the road were these huge tall grasses with big seed heads blowing in the wind. Bingo, you've seen Phragmites and you've seen how it just devours a landscape, even a roadside ditch. Which by the way are ecosystems too. This invasive species has slowly gained such momentum over the years, while the focus was often on other invasive species. Governments were slow to react to its presence. But now that's changing because conservation organizations are really grappling with this and tackling it and removing it. And picture this, I'm sitting in a canoe at water level and these Phragmites grasses are standing eight feet tall. I can't see a thing on either side of me. It's just a wall of Phragmites and I have to negotiate through these narrow passageways to get photos and video for my assignment. About three hours into my journey through these marshes, I think I've got photos of lily pads, some landscapes, dragonflies. I haven't seen a single turtle. I've got lots of photos of Phragmites. One thing I've immediately noticed about this huge stand of invasive Phragmites is it almost forms a dead zone. It is so compact and tight that very few things could navigate their way through that. Not a human, not a turtle, even some birds that rely on marshes would have a tough time getting through that kind of vegetation. It really is a killer invasive species. At this point, I've got enough photos and video of Phragmites. I really need some photos and video of animals. Probably not those kind of animals. Then it appears right in front of me. Oh! It's a beaver dam at two o'clock in the afternoon. Now, if you know anything about beavers, Two o'clock in the afternoon is probably a time when they're in the house and they're sleeping. It doesn't matter, I sit there for 45 minutes hoping the beaver's gonna pop his head out of the house. Of course, that doesn't happen. So onward I paddle. One thing that really strikes me is here I am in this big marsh and I am not seeing any turtles. I thought for sure I would see some on some logs sunning themselves, but there are none. And maybe that's partly because of that Phragmites. I look at the thick stalks of this Phragmites at water level and it's almost like bamboo stalks. How would anything get in there, let alone a turtle? I test out the grass with just using my paddle and it's just hard.
I look at my watch and I realize I've been out here a long time. I'm really deep into this marsh. And don't forget, I can't really see where I am because these Phragmites grasses are so tall that I just can't see over them when I'm sitting low in the water in a canoe. And because these grasses are so tall, they almost form these narrow wind tunnels all throughout the marshes. And sure enough, the wind is starting to pick up. Okay, like seriously, I think it's time for me to head back now. There's just one problem. I stopped paddling and I just turned my head left to right and I'm seeing all these different passageways through the marsh. Which one do I take? Then a thought pops into my head. I remember before I came out on this assignment, I did some advanced scouting using Google Earth. And I remember when I looked down at the marsh from above, it reminded me of a Pac-Man game. You know, all those paths going everywhere. Only I'm about to get gobbled by this giant, stocky, grassy monster. The simplest comparison I can give you is, it's like being in a corn maze. You don't really know where you are. These are really narrow little almost canals. There's no place to step on land. You're entirely confined to your canoe. And when you turn the corner down one canal, you're now sort of obstructed from seeing where you came from. And looking to the sky was no help because it was all blue sky. So there was no clouds that I could use for reference points or anything. Now, I knew it was going to be this challenging when I set out. So I took some precautions. I had my traditional compass that I brought along. I learned to use it in Boy Scouts. I had a compass on my smartphone. And I had your typical GPS app on my phone so I could actually pinpoint where I left from because I kind of had a suspicion this was going to happen. Fortunately, I had triple protection with me, a traditional compass that could work if I didn't have any signal for my phone, or I had my phone, which had the navigation apps on it, if I could get a signal out there. I did have a signal out there, so I was okay and I could get back safely. But still, even on the return journey home, your vision is so restricted by this invasive Phragmites that it still takes your full attention to make sure you're going down the right canals and not going, you know, long ways out of your way and then having to double back. Now, you might think, wow, you know, you got sort of lost in the Phragmites. It may not seem like a big deal, but you got to remember when you're operating a camera and your eyes up against it and the wind is blowing your canoe around as you're taking photos, it's so simple to get disoriented and it can happen really quickly. And then you just don't know where am I? Which way do I go? Left, right? Do I go down that canal or that canal? And it also speaks to the importance of learning how to use a good old standard 
compass and knowing how to use navigation apps on your phone because you never know when you're going to get lost and this place was not that far from where I live yet I still got disoriented in there The good news, of course, is I completed the assignment. I didn't get the wildlife shots that we needed. I got a lot of other landscape shots that they did require. And it just opened my eyes to how these invasive species can really change the landscape for the worst. And boy, I would not want to be a turtle or an animal trying to make my way through that labyrinth of hard, stocky plants. You've been listening to Mud and Bugs, a different kind of Canadian conservation podcast. It's about the journey of getting there from a filmmaker's perspective. Subscribe today on your favorite podcasting app and get ready to enjoy cinematic storytelling in a podcast form. I'm conservation filmmaker Greg McLaughlin. Thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.